0: Hey, moms, this one's for you. So moms, thank you. I am a fan of mothers. I'm such a fan of mothers, I married one. (laughs) Well, I made her one. Well, she became one. (laughs) It was the bus trip. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know what it is, but I'm something else. Yeah. But I, uh, I I just, uh, uh, you know, my my story. A lot of you, all most of you, had wonderful mothers and wonderful childhoods, and and I know that uh, it's kind of tough for uh, you know Dave. My heart goes out to you, uh, uh, losing your mother. But you don't really, you didn't lose her. We know where she's at, (laughs) but we don't have the privilege of being able to spend time with her. So you embrace the memories. And uh, uh, and that's going to have to be enough till you get to heaven. Um, my mom was my mother-in-law. Uh, I miss her every day. And uh, the cool thing is that getting to marry her daughter, I still have a little piece of that uh, with me. And then and then her our daughters, we still have a piece of, of that as well. Uh, our our girls are had the privilege of of uh, in, in living under the legacy. Of their grandma. So, that being said, let me pray for you. Moms, uh, Lord, uh, uh, I lift these moms up to you. And I thank you, Lord, for uh, each and every one of them. I thank you for the ministry of motherhood that you've given them, the ministry that continues even after they're grown and they're out of the house. Uh, Even as they they marry and have their own family and you become grandma, you still have that ministry. You're still building that legacy. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to honor our mothers and our grandmothers. Lord, may may their servant's heart please you in all that they do for you and through you. Lord, I pray for this message. I ask, Lord, that if anything would not bring you pleasure, would not... uh, would not glorify your name that you would remove it from me, strike it from my memory. I pray this in your son's precious name, amen. Second 2 Timothy 2.5 says for, uh, Paul writes, For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. We got some Lois and Eunices in here. And I'm sure that it is in you as well. These, this, this young man, this Timothy, this, this young soldier of, of faith, disciple of Paul, learned at the feet of his mom and his grandma the things of God. You know, in a world where flowers have become one of the primary Mother's Day gifts, I'm, uh, I, I, I want to tell you about a, a lady by the name of Anna Jarvis. Her, her mother passed away in 1905, and, and she, her, her mother always said there should be a day to honor women, uh, a celebration for the contributions that they made in the world. And the biggest contribution, according to, to Anna, her daughter, was, you're a mom. And so she wanted to memorialize her mother, and she began by organizing a celebration at the Methodist Church in, in West Virginia, where she went. And she did it with pink carnations, and, and they were a part of the celebration because that was her mother's favorite flower. And so Anna to, to, to Anna carnations were a pure symbol of a mother's undying love. And today, flowers are an important part of Mother's Day. And according to some statistics, let me give you some, some Mother's Day statistics. I like Mother's Day a whole lot more than Valentine's Day. Mother's Day is a celebration to honor mothers. Valentine's Day is a celebration to remove money out of Men's pockets. <laughs> Mother's Day. Nearly 1.9 billion, billion with a B, dollars is spent every year for in this year, last year, in, in flowers. 23% of women were looking forward to a bouquet of flowers for Mother's Day. And so anticipating in 2019, it's estimated 69% of those celebrating Mother's Day will buy flowers. So guys, if you didn't buy flowers, you're not part of that 69%. They will spend nearly $26 billion. 72% of all Mother's Day gifts will be fresh flowers or plants. So this morning, along with giving you moms and grandmas gymnasiums, I did it again, (laughs) geraniums, i 'd love to give you a huge special mother 's Day bouquet, but i 'm going to have to ask you to use your sanctified imaginations because i didn 't have the money to buy each of you a huge mother 's day bouquet but so so we 're going to kind of paint a, a picture and how does God fit into all of that and let 's start with carnations uh, they are the primary mother 's day flower, and the word comes from from the Greek, corne. And, and it's a flower or a garland from which we get the word coronation. And coronation is because the flowers were, were used in ceremonial crowns. And Esther, in the Old Testament, was a young Jewish woman who physically wore a crown. She was chosen by King Xerxes to be his, his queen. And he placed not a flower, but a golden crown on her head. Esther 2.17 says, And the king loved Esther, more than any of the other young women, this love is that agape love. There's nothing this king wouldn't. I mean, he could have anything. He did. He he had a whole stable no stable full of women. <laughs> That's no. He had a whole house full of women. He had these young uh, queens in in uh, in training, and and so he chose Esther. And because uh, and so. He, he, was, he was so delighted, the scripture goes on to say, he was so delighted with her that he set the royal crown on her head and her, declared her queen instead of Vashti. And Vashti was the, 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 the girl in line to receive the, the, the crown. And so because of the power of the crown, Queen Esther was able to use her position and power to save the Jewish nation. Um, there was this guy named Haman. And Haman was—he was a rascal. Uh, no, nah, he was a louse. He—he he, he was really a bad guy. He was evil, and and uh, uh, he wanted to uh, get rid of, of all the Jews. And in so so, we uh, we come to that place of of the carnation being a a, a picture of of pink, which matches a light skin. So, the carnations are kind of a picture of a, of a mother's rosy face and, and uh, uh, clear complexion. The carnation, then, is this symbol of a powerful symbol of a mother's undying love, a, c- a crown, if you will. And it's a it's beautifully perfect flower to celebrate women and, and is the, necess- the n- necessary flower to be the foundation of this Mother's Day bouquet I'm giving you. So hold your one flower now. Mm -hmm. Stick it in your imaginary vase. Okay, right in front of you here is an imaginary vase. All right? You got the vase? Baby girl, you got your vase? Right here. Right here. Okay. I'm going to give you the the carnation. You guys, other guys have to get your own. So you're, see it? Smell it. Oh, wait, that was an ant. Okay. There's your carnation. You get one too. Where's your, there. Okay. So, we move on from carnations to the rose. Roses. You know, roses are red, violets are blue, and you can make anything up after that. Uh, They have a language all of their own, telling stories and secrets through their varying colors. But roses have long symbolized confidentiality. Yeah? There's a Latin phrase, sabrosa. Have you ever heard that? Sabrosa. And it literally means under the rose. Something held in secret. And back in the old days in Rome, a wild rose was placed on the door to a room where confidential meetings were being held. And, and uh, things that, that were in, uh, matters of state were, were being discussed. So this rose symbolized this secrecy that was going on, but it was very, very important because the matters of state were being discussed here. I love this image for Mother's Day because mothers see the best in their children. They do. We have children sometimes when they're going through their teenage years that stress us, they challenge us. That I'm just walking over here, I'm being polite. They, they, they do things that will press our buttons. And, and so, yet mom, as cra- all the craziness that, that comes in, all the drama that can come into the house, mom, mother holds the secrets of the goodness of this child in her heart. In a world that often seems harsh and cold and unforgiving, mom's hold our secrets, our imperfections, our mistakes. They see us, the people we are inside, and they see the people they can become. Oh, I wish mom was here to tell her Johnny story because she saw this kid that wasn't worth two hoots and a holler say, I know God has something special in your life, Johnny. Johnny. And, and uh, she's the only woman that ever called me that. And, and uh, she believed in me from the day I, was, I met her till the day she died. She prayed for me every single day. That was my mom. And in her heart, she held the secrets of her belief that there was something that was going to happen good. Well, I, I married her daughter, which was, that was, you know, I say that there's, there's no woman that should be as happy as I can make Sarita. But that's another story there there and then and then we had these two beautiful kids and these eight beautiful grandkids and these two absolutely fantastically magnificent great grandchildren and and Moms hold these secrets in their hearts. You remember Rebecca? She gave birth to, to Jacob and Esau, and they began fighting in the, in the womb. <laughs> I mean, that's, they, they, when brothers start fighting, you'd think it's you know, outside on the ball field. Or, or No, these two characters were fighting in her womb. And, and while Rebecca did favor Jacob, she had to know he was deceptive and underhanded. Jacob was kind of a sneak. That's right. That's an amen. She knew her son took advantage of others, especially his brother Esau, but she held that in confidence and celebrated Jacob's gifts. Similarly, uh, Salome is often said to be the mother of Jesus' disciples, James and John. These guys were named the sons of thunder. And she loved these guys so much she even went to Jesus boldly asking if they could sit one on the left and one on the right uh, when, when they went to heaven. And... And she was asking on their behalf that they would have places of honor. Roses symbolize love. Most women enjoy receiving a dozen red roses, and, and they're a picture of their husband or, or a special someone. <laughs> Close your ears, honey, I'm telling a story. 12, I was 12 years old, and I fell madly in love with Patty Perkins. I was five feet tall. She was five ten. She, I mean, it, it was it was it was incredible love, and so and so uh, I went to our neighbor, Crabby uh, uh, Nickum, and Crabby had a I don't I don't even remember what her real name was, but Crabby had this prize rose bush, and she'd put these roses in the in the state fair in the fair every year, and she'd win prizes. Well, it was the only rose that I saw that was in bloom, and there's 12 of them that looked pretty good, and I cut them off. But, you know, because I was wanting to be economical, I cut just the head of the rose. I didn't cut the stem. So, so she had this bush full of sticks. And I cut 12 of them off, and I stuck them in a Kroger's bag and uh, took them over to, to uh, Patty's house. I rang the bell and ran. And uh, at church that week she came up to me and she hugged me and she kissed me and she said, this will not work out because you're too short. (laughs) She did. Yeah, she ended up a punch press operator at Eureka Williams making vacuum cleaners. We need roses in our Mother's Day bouquet. So pick up your rose, ladies, and put them in there. In fact, I'm going to give you a dozen of them. We need moms who believe in us, who see our imperfections, holding in confidence those imperfections, and with that we also celebrate women who stand up and fight for us. We need mothers who love us unconditionally. Hey, let me give you some gladiolas. Well, let's see, if there's more than one, it would be gladioli. They symbolize strength and moral integrity. Their name comes from the Latin word gladius, which means sword. And it's named for the shape of their leaves. To give someone a bouquet of gladiolas means that 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 person in love pierces our heart in love. Mothers are protectors. We talk about you ladies being mama bears. You can mess with me you can mess with my stuff, you can egg my car, you can you can do anything you want to me. Cheat on me, treat me like dirt. You mess with my children and and they'll have to strain the remains to find you. Mamas. Mothers are protectors. In a beautiful role reversal, we remember, you remember the story of Ruth and, and her mother-in-law, Naomi. And, and Naomi lost her husband and both her sons, and she sends her two daughters-in-law to return to their homelands. And she plans to just waste away in death. In fact, she changed her name to Mara, which means uh, uh, bitter tears or bitterness. But Ruth says, Rain on that idea, Mom. You're coming with me. And she offers us the beautiful words of commitment in Ruth 1:16. But Ruth said, "Do not urge me to leave you or turn back from following you, for where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God my God." She commits to staying with Naomi to protect her, to take care of her, to shield her from the reality of life. And you know how that story goes. Gladiolas remind us of a woman's strength and her fierce desire to protect those she loves. Here, grab some gladiola. Hydrangea. These are big, beautiful blooms that capture attention. Their name comes from the Greek word hydro, which means water, and angos, which means vessel. And literally, the name means water barrel. That's what these flowers are. And it refers to the hydrangea's need for plenty of water. In the Gospel of John, you remember in John 4... Uh, 28 through 29, So the woman left her water pot and went into the city and said to the men, Come see a man who told me all the things that I have done. This is, is, this is not the Christ, is it? She meets Jesus and he tells her the good news, the promise of Jesus Christ. Tells her the gospel. <laughs> and, and she recognizes him because of this as the Son of God. And she came to the well to draw water, but in the end she leaves the well forgetting her pitcher, and goes and tells the people. She just met the Son of God. She met Christ. And because of the power of the story, she herself became a living water bearer. Mothers teach faith. Mothers teach their children. Mothers especially have the opportunity to begin at home. The hydrangea reminds us of a mother's most important job to teach the faith to her children by word and by example. I got to meet and live with a woman who, who exuded that kind of life. I wish you knew and could, could, could uh, remember uh, uh, mom, mom Raleigh. Jean was a phenomenal lady. You'd loved her, uh, she, was, she was great. And she was an example in word and deed to her mom to her great-grandkids, and in perpetuity, all the kids that follow. So we move on to the sunflower. There's a place uh, west of here in a farm uh, field that you can go and you can tour this. uh, I don't know if they're having it this year or not, but they have this sunflower farm, and you can go out there and wander around in the sun. Have you guys, anybody been there? Yeah, that's, and you can, you can get a, you pay a buck for the sunflower and take pictures of the sunflower. And, and it, it's, uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, the Sunflower literally, literally follow the sun throughout the day. So it constantly faces the sun. So when the sun goes down, I didn't know this, that sunflower will turn back, facing e- uh, east for the rising sun to once again Come up and follow the sun. During the night, it goes back in order to greet it. Mothers are called to teach the faith, follow the sun, Jesus Christ, so their children will also understand and reach the rays of God's love. Grab some sunflowers, girls. Peonies, or as some people call them, peonies. That sounds weird, peonies. Peonies. But if you want them to be peonies, you can. Uh, I always knew them as peonies. It's another very impressive flower. Peonies are gorgeous. We've got a peony bush behind the house and in the fall, Sarita cuts it down to the ground. And I think, oh man, you destroyed this thing. And in the spring, it starts growing and we're going to have some big, pe- I mean, the, the the bulbs or whatever they are are huge on there. So so they 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 are huge they don't seem to break they simply bend. I think mothers are notorious for being flexible. The iris. Three upright petals of the iris are said to stand for faith, valor and wisdom. Hannah prayed and uh, and prayed for a child and we have her beautiful prayer in the book of of Samuel. How she prayed for this this child. First Samuel one, ten through eleven said, She greatly distressed she greatly distressed, prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. She made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but I but will give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and a razor shall never come on his head. God gave her Samuel. Whom she dedicated in the temple. She is the epitome of faith and wisdom. We also remember Deborah, the only female judge of Israel. Judges 5 7 villagers in Israel would not fight. They held back until I, Deborah, arose, until I arose a mother in Israel. She's a mother of Israel, strong and courageous, the picture of valor and in the face of adversity. Uh, Deborah was one tough lady. Read the story in 1 Samuel. The iris became tied to the French monarchy during the, the Middle Ages and now uh, the national flower of, fa- of France. So it, it reminds me of a woman's faith. Faith, honor, and valor. The eighth flower, take some, take some irises and stick in there. The orchid, it's a symbol of love and strength. orchids represent rare beauty, delicate, exotic, and graceful. That's a woman. Oh, yeah, you can be tougher than the back wall of a shooting gallery. But inside, you are rare. You are graceful. You're delicate. You're exotic and graceful. These are perfect words to describe our moms and rare and beautiful in her ways. Grab some orchids, ladies. The last flower is the heather. Kaluna vulgaris. From the Greek, kalune, which means clean or brush, and from the Latin, vulgaris, which means common. Heather twigs were once used to make brooms and baskets, ropes, bedding, and thatch for the roof. There's a real commonality to the heather flower. Sometimes we hear the phrase stay at home a uh, stay at home mom as a as a common thing something of no consequence sometimes being a mother feels so common moms so ordinary you're just filled with the drudgery every day you you separate the fights you're the taxi cab you clean the place. You sweep it out. You fix the food. You do all of these things day after day. And it can, when the enemy comes, and he'll say, you're just a housewife. No, Heather. Here. how <laughs> <Hello>, Heather there. <laughs> Sometimes being a mother feels that way. Heather reminds me of Martha in the Bible who, who cooked and cleaned and cared for her family. Yeah, moms do a lot of common work that's endless. It's never-ending. It's a part of life. But like the Heather, motherhood is a blessing. You become a blessing as a mom, as a godly mom, to those around you. We see your children, and, and we enjoy the way that we can identify with these kids. We see the the children that you've raised that you've put your heart and soul into. And you say, Oh, man, I really messed up. You did? Really? Well, you know, I would say, why not let God be the judge of that rather than you judging? Because what you feel is a mess-up might in some other other person's point of view be a victory. Because the kids may be a mess but they're your mess and they got God's fingerprint on them because of who you are and what you did chrysanthemum is the is the last flower and I'm told that in Japan the unfolding of the chrysanthemum's petal is said to represent pure perfection remember holding your own newborn baby you remember that, 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 that little baby girl, that little baby boy? And, and uh, you know, babies, from a, from a, 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 a man's perspective, you know, we've got to, we get hauled up to see somebody else's baby, and, and they all look the same. They're all bald and bawling. You know, you can't see their eyes, kicking their feet and their hands, you know, and, and they're all the same. And, and you moms, oh, no. don't you be mean-mouthing my child. That's the most beautiful child that ever came out of the womb. You're right. You're right. You just gave birth to the most beautiful thing that was ever born. And by that, you represent Perfection. Thank you, thank you, God, for the women in our lives who, who bring life and light and, and color and beauty and, and meaning to our lives. Ladies, happy Mother's Day. Take that bouquet. Take it home with you. Sniff it. Water it. And the cool thing about this bouquet is it's going to last all year. You don't have to throw it out. And, and every time you look at that bouquet in your mind, think of what God has done in you to be the mother of these children. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for the moms here. Lord, I, I, I praise you for, for their fearlessness, for their for their faithfulness, for that grace, for that, that desire to see everything that is, we may see as, as, as a kid that's messed up, that in their heart of hearts, these moms in their, in, hold, those, hold those things, those secret things, knowing what this child can become. Lord, I, I thank you for moms. And Lord, as this day goes on, may we as dads, May we, as as our, the spouse to our to our husbands, uh, to our wives who are moms, Lord, may we honor her and praise her and thank you, God, for her. I ask this in your Son's most precious name and for His sake. Amen.